sacrifice you made for me. Knowing all that you would have to go Tell him she agreed. She agreed to do it. Say, she agreed to die. She agreed to give your life to save mine. Oh, what a sacrifice you made for me. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands and give God the glory. Lift up your hands and you can do much better than that. He agreed to do it. Lift up your hands. You can do much better than that. Come and lift up your mouth and speak to heavens. Speak to the King of glory who agreed to do it. Speak to the Lord of glory who agreed to do it. If it wasn't for the Lamb of God, we couldn't be here today. But John the Baptist looks at him and says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He agreed to do it. He had a decision to make, but he agreed to do it. If you know the man of Galilee, let's celebrate Jesus. He agreed to do it. He agreed to die. He agreed to give his life to save my Oh, what a sacrifice you gave for me. Knowing all that you to go through, you agreed. In the night in the garden of Gethsemane, he had an option of giving up on you and me. When humanity came in and way was weighing down on the spirituality, he had the option of giving you out into the dungeon. He had the option of giving you out to go to heads. He had the option of giving you out just like that. But he said, Father, not my weep. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Father, not my will, but your will be done. He agreed to do it. He agreed to do it. We bless your name, Jesus. And because he lives, I confess tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future, and life is worth a living just. He came to die. He 
and sing and dance because you live it's the reason why I'm not where I was yesterday because you live Lord it's the reason why I'm in this place today I'm here to give you glory I'm here to give you glory I'm here to give you glory there is something about the resurrection of our Lord there is something about him living it was not because he died but it was because he died and rose again many men died and they did not rise up again Lazarus died and he rose again but he died again and never rose back up to life but we have a man we have Jesus who died and he rose again when he rose again he never went back to the grave he never went back to the grave and he's the man we are here to give glory come on let me hear you speak words that give him exaltation let me hear you speak words that glorify the name of the father let me hear you speak words that glorify his holy name you can do much better than that you have a mouth and you can speak this is a moment where you can speak back into the heavens and say lord thank you and say lord thank you thank you for sending your only son to die and not die like other people but to die and rise back to life my God his resurrection we are here because of his resurrection we are here because of what he accomplished we are here because of what he did at the cross my God you accomplished it all we are here to say thank you Jesus we are here to say thank you ancient of days we are here to say thank you Alpha and Omega. We are here to say thank you, the King of Glory. We are here to say thank you, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We are here to say thank you, the Lamb that was slain. We are here to say thank you, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We are here to say thank you, our God who went down to the heads and gained for us victory. We are here to say thank you because of your blood. We can overcome our foundations because of your blood we can live we can move and we can have our being because of your blood we can smile because of your blood we can face the devil and tell him devil we are not yours because of your blood we can face cancer and say cancer this is not your place because of your blood we can speak to any mountain and every mountain flees because of the declaration of the name of Jesus every knee, every knee bows down at the declaration of the name, the name of our God. Every knee bows down, every knee bows down because you leave. We can speak to anything and it bows down because you leave our God. We give you glory, Jesus. 
We give you glory, Abba Father. We give you glory, your shant of days. We give you glory, my God. We give you glory. It was not the nails that held you to the cross, but it was me and someone in this place. Every time you thought about me, you could not leave that place before redeeming me. Every time you thought about this person in this place, and this person watching us right now, you decided to remain on the cross. It wasn't the nails that kept you there. It wasn't because you were beaten, because you gave up your ghost. It was because of me. It was because of me that you endured every shame, endured every pain, endured all the lashes, endured all the phones, endured every finger that they casted your way. It was because of me that you endured the spitting unto your face. It was because of me. Father, this day I'm here to say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you King of glory. Thank you King of glory. Thank you Abba Father. Thank you Abba Father. Thank you El Shaddai. Thank you El Shaddai. Thank you Eloi. Thank you my God. Thank you Jesus for taking my place. Thank you my God for giving me the grace to overcome the opposition, the opposition within me, the opposition of sin that was taking me right to hell. But thank you, God of glory. Thank you, my God, the God incarnate into man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord of glory. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, King of kings. Let me hear you give God the glory. Let me hear you clap to Jesus. You can do much better than that. You can do much better than that. Hallelujah. You know, when you think about what Jesus did, normally I was telling my wife that uh, something that disturbs my mind that many Christians sometimes they only celebrate Jesus and uh, bring the essence of Jesus on only two days in their lives. On Easter and on Christmas. That's when some people remember Jesus. But this Jesus that we have today is the reason for our being. I don't know about you, but for some of us, if it was not for Jesus, we would be long way dead. But because of Jesus, we are still standing. Because of Jesus, we are still here. Jesus is not only just a part of our lives. He's not only part, just part and pastor of our lives. Jesus is everything about our lives. I know you understand this man, Jesus. But when you see the movies, when you see what the people try to portray about how Jesus was put out to be a public disgrace. You know, I was speaking to someone, I was telling them the movies, actually, they cover it up. When you see the movies, you see the movies, and then Jesus was even given diapers. It was kind of somehow retaining to him some honor. They didn't want to show the entire thing as it was. But you and me, you know, when we read our Bible, he was put out there naked without anything covering him. Because they had to make out of him a public disgrace. 
That was the norm of the day in the culture according to the times. That any person who was to be crucified, they had to put you out as a public disgrace. That people will look unto you and they will fear doing what will take them to the cross. So when you see a movie, you may not understand fully that Jesus Christ was fully put to shame because of you and me. Because of you and me, he gave up every honor and every right and everything that you could think about. That is why when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, I pity people who continuously say, it is my right, it is my honor, I don't want this and this. You are joking. When we surrender to this man, Jesus Christ, we give up everything because he gave up everything. And then we retain if you want to operate in this authority, you must be willing to give up everything to receive this authority of God. This man, Jesus, when you look at some movies, they, show, uh, they just show that they, uh, they beat him with a, I don't know even how they call that. It looks like just a lashes just like that. But they did not use that. They used what is called like a scourge, something like that. At the end of it all, it had hooks. It had hooks. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let me tell you, scientifically, he could have died before he made it to the cross. But the reason why he sustained his life and he hung in there, it was because of me and you, not because of any other thing. Every lash that they did pass onto the body of Jesus used to pull out his flesh. He lost blood in the process of only lashes that he could die there and then. He did not give up. They found this crown of thorns. It was an inch deep into his skin. All these things he did them for you and me. Let's celebrate the choir. Let's uh, celebrate the choir. He did all this for you and me. When now we sing about Jesus, when we try to remember what Jesus did, this is where our victory lies. This is where our success is. When you understand what Jesus did for you, you start walking in victory. Now, sometimes something that we don't understand, when we are fighting, when we are still here on the face of the earth, we shall not stop fighting because the devil always wants to put us down. Spiritual warfare will keep going on, will keep going on at all times. But the only difference is one. When you fully understand Jesus Christ, you fight at the point of victory, not at the point of just trying and failing. But because sometimes we don't understand Jesus Christ fully, that is why we are bound to try and fail. And sometimes it's because we don't want to fully give ourselves in to him. Every time you give yourself halfway to God, and then you live halfway to yourself, he will release the halfway that you preserve to yourself, and even the half that you give to him and will leave it all for you. Because he's a jealous God. He does not share. He does not share. You're either for him or that side. Now the problem 
that you face is one. When you don't fully give in to Jesus, you will fight at the point of loss. You will fight like as if you want to do it yourself, but when he accomplished it at the cross. When he accomplished it at the cross, he gave us victory. Whatever we are doing, whatever we have to go through, whatever we have to maneuver through in life, we have the victory. But we have to manifest the victory. The only way we can manifest the victory is when we get this life, the lashes, uh, the crown, uh, the every detail of his life, and then it becomes part of us. When it becomes part of us, then you feel Christ in the inside of you. When you resonate with the process of Christ, Christ will come and tag with you and draw in the inside of you. And you always fight at the point of victory, not at the losing side. Our sisters blessed us with a powerful message. Overcoming oppositions. The greatest opposition that can pull you down is not on your outside. The greatest opposition that can stop you or pull you down is in the inside of you or is you yourself. All the things that other people do, they are oppositions. But if you understand this and you perceive it in your spirit and you understand it, you stop opposing yourself. Jesus Christ overcame for us the opposition in the inside of us which is sin. And now the opposition of who you are. Do yourself a favor and please learn and understand this man, Jesus. Because all these things that come, God will give us the power to overcome them. God will give us the power to overcome whatever the enemy throws our way. That is, if we overcome the opposition inside of us and the opposition that you may do yourself. Christ did it all. As we stand here to celebrate Good Friday, you know, when we are growing up, when we are still young, we didn't know even why it was called Good Friday. But I, I'm not alone. You may find that there are some people who don't still have to not understand why it is called Good Friday. I was wondering, so why was it called Good Friday? Our Savior died on that day, and now they are calling it good. Why is it good? So when we are growing up, we had this in our mind. Why is it good? Why do we say good? It would have been bad Friday, because it is when our Savior, the one we love, was crucified. But after understanding that he was God, he chose to do what no man could do. And he came after thinking of you and me. And he came and gave out his very best. He gave out his life. Again, a disclaimer, Jesus Christ was not murdered. Jesus Christ gave up his life. Because if it was murder up to now, some people would be taking praise of it. But they could not kill him. They did beat him, but they could not kill him. They nailed him, but they could not kill him. Even when they brought the spear, they could not kill him. Not until when he realized that it is done. And there, he gave up his ghost. That's what your Bible says, don't so? He gave up his ghost because of you and me. He gave us his very best. Giving up his very best. That is why it becomes good for us. Because if he did not do this, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know where I would have been. 
the governments of different nations, they would have really appreciated the church to a greater extent. Because if it wasn't the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and we do a flashback for each and every one of us, if it wasn't that grace, and remember the life that you used to live in, I'm telling you, you can see people who are more tougher than even the people in the world. But because of this grace, the crime rate is low because those who would have been criminals, we are in church. Because of the grace, different things are not happening to nations because we are in church. If it wasn't for this saving grace, I'm telling you, things would have been tough. Things would have been tough. Things would have been tough. And the governments, for that reason, they would have appreciated the church. Actually, they would have started even tithing to churches. Because it is because of the grace of God that different things are not happening. You are here and you're kept by the grace of God. You're kept in check. If they take away the grace, my brother, my sister. Hey, uh -huh, some people, they know where they can be right now. But we thank the Lord because of the grace. And because of what he did for us, that is why for us it became good. And now we are celebrating Good Friday. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of this love of God. Because of him we overcome. Without Jesus, we are totally nothing. I'm telling you, without Jesus Christ, if you would see in the spiritual realm, you would understand that if it wasn't for the masses of the Lord, that Jeremiah perceived and said in the book of Lamentations that we are not consumed because of his masses. Because of his masses, we are not consumed. If it wasn't for those masses of the Lord, the devil would have eaten us, I think, like samosa. The devil would have finished us off. If it wasn't for the grace of the Lord, Every enemy that schemes evil against us, I'm telling you, would have been dead. If it wasn't for the grace of the Lord, when they made that scheme against you, you would have been a victim. But some things the Lord saves us from certain things, and we don't even realize we just walk free. We just walk out and then we go enjoy life. But when God has put us saving grace. You know, one of the definitions of grace is called a cover. I know most of us, we know unmerited favor. But another definition of grace is called a cover. It's called a cover where the Lord encompasses you. You don't even know what is going on, but there is a grace saving you. The Bible says that when the children of Israel got close to the Red Sea, they were seeing opposition ahead of them. They were seeing the enemies coming behind them. And the pillar of the Lord moved from in front of them and went in between them and the children of, and then the Egyptians. They did not even perceive it. They did not even realize it. But in so doing, the Egyptians could see the Israelites, but they could not get to them. Because there was a grace covering the children of God. And that is how life sometimes is with us. Because of what he accomplished, there is a covering. 
And some of us, if you're so sensitive in the spirit, actually you can sense it. Because there are certain forces that you feel there is something that had come to hit you. But you feel like it has stopped just like here. And you feel like there is something that had come with these forces. But it does not hit you. If you're sensitive in the spirit. Again, even if you're not sensitive in the spirit. There is that grace that saves us. There is that grace that keeps watching us. There is that grace that keeps going. It serves us this side. It encompasses us. We keep moving as it moves. We keep going as it goes. We keep traversing as it is also traversing. It is the grace of God that goes way before us, around us, after us. It is the grace of God that helps us. It, and that is what Jeremiah perceived and said, by the masses of the Lord, because of the masses of the Lord, we are not consumed. Because if it wasn't for those masses, I'm telling you, there are certain accidents that even don't get close to you. There are certain accidents that don't get close to you. I have different experiences in my life with this man, Jesus Christ. But there is one of the many, one of the many, I used to, in Uganda, of course, I used to go and then pray and then come back in the night, walk around, come back in Uganda. It is not like this side. In Uganda, when you walk in the night, you have to be alert because the security is not all that good because they can do any evil to you in the night. They can harm you. There are many people, robbers and all that. I used to walk after prayers and when I'm going back home, sometime after dropping off my friends because... Uh, most of the times I enjoyed taking people, dropping them, and me after dropping everyone, escorting them, then I have to go back home by myself. Then in so doing, most of the times I used to pass in dark zones. But as I was moving in dark zones, I can't even count how many times. When I was moving and then you see people coming, they come when they're coming towards you. But before I get, they even get close to me, they, there is something they see which I don't understand, and then they just run away, and I keep going. So I didn't understand those things, not until later on. I don't remember. So I think I was complaining before the Lord. There is something you're taking long without doing, and then the Lord started bringing this back to me, and he's like, do you remember these experiences? What do you think that these guys were planning to do? I was like, I don't know. I thought I don't even know what scared them off. And the Lord he started showing me everything. Everything how it was, how they had knives, how they had that uh, one moment they wanted to burn me we during the political season. And all these things happened. But this grace of God was just covering me. Me, I'm walking. I think, okay, they're running. I don't know whatever. I don't even know why. But the grace of God was covering me. And that is what is happening to most of our lives. You walk, you walk, and the grace of God is covering you. And sometimes you don't even recognize that it's because of this day of what he accomplished the grace of God gives us victory over all oppositions and over everything whether we know it or whether we don't know it but he did his part when he said it is finished then you have to find out what is your part that you have to do that you also say it is finished God bless you let us rise up on our feet and let's receive our pastor, Apostle Dr. David Kunowa. Everybody rise up on your feet. Let's celebrate the servant of the Most High God.
Praise the name of Jesus, everybody. Come on, praise the name of Jesus, everybody. Hallelujah. How many of us are excited about being in this place in the presence of God tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise the name of Jesus. It is the doing of God that you and I are in this place and you are not in your beds or you're not having dreams somewhere being chased by monkeys and gorillas and, you know, those some gorgeous animals in Africa. Amen. God is an awesome God, but you are in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. In the presence of God is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Somebody shout amen. Come on, do me a favor. Turn to three people who are next to you or people you didn't come with. Amen. I tell them it is awesome to be in the presence of God. Come on, tell somebody you look beautiful, you look handsome. Tell them you are anointed. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can somebody shout amen? Amen and amen. We appreciate the people who have been sharing in scriptures here, uh, Brother Mark and uh, Minister Shaiko, for that powerful ministry in the Word of God. Can we appreciate them, everybody? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. While you are still standing, we're going to be praying for the tithes and our offerings and our givings as we consecrate them before the presence of God. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for the privilege you have extended unto us and given us again an opportunity to come again in your house and worship you even with our tithes and our offerings and our givings and our seeds and our first fruits. Oh God, you say it in your word that you shall open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon us that we shall not have room enough to contain it all to receive it and thou shalt rebuke the devourer who had been assigned to destroy the fruit of our ground that from henceforth he shall no more destroy the fruit of our ground and behold all nations will call us blessed we shall borrow from nobody and lend unto nations in the name of Jesus Christ Christ, now arise, O God. Open the floodgates, the windows of heaven, and pour out your blessing upon us, upon your people, upon everybody under the sound of my voice, upon every family, every home, every man, every woman, every child of God represented in this house, O God. We present our sacrificial givings unto you, for you said in your word as well that honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your burns be filled with plenty and your vats shall overflow with no wine. Let them burst out with no wine with prayer. Let your people increase in several areas and dimensions of their lives. We give you praise, glory, and honor. This seed has not been planted in bad ground, but it has been planted in good ground, wherefore we shall bear forth fruit, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold to the glory of your matchless name. Receive all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
Uh, maybe it will be on Sunday. We shall take some time to share together in a holy communion. Hallelujah. As we put to remembrance what the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. Hallelujah. Not the little wine. Amen. Not for you to get intoxicated. Amen. But uh, we shall uh, be doing that. Hallelujah, whereby we shall get some nice juices like grape juice or something to represent or uh, something indicative of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Can somebody shout amen? While you're still standing, turn with me to your Bibles and I will invite your attention to Matthew chapter number 27. Matthew chapter number 27. Matthew 27, from verse number 35, all the way to verse number 54. Matthew 27, verses 35, through verse number 54. Actually, can we back up from verse number 31? Matthew 27, from verse number 31, all the way through 54. And when you have it, say amen. The Bible goes on to say, After that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him. And led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Verse number 33. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, uh, a place of, of a skull. Verse number 34. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. The Bible says, verse number 35, and they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, mm. that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, that they parted my garments among them. Mm. And upon my vesture did they cast lots. Verse number 36, and sitting down there, watched him there, and set up. Over his head, his accusation written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and builded it and buildest it in three days, save thyself if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross." Likewise also, the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself, he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. Verse number 43, everybody. Everybody. 
The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Mm. Verse number 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that they, uh, they say, this man calleth for Elias, that is Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on, on a reed and gave it unto him to drink. The rest, everybody, verse number 49. The rest said, let, uh-huh. Verse number 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top unto the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Verse number 52, everybody, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Verse number 53, everybody, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying truly, this was the Son of God. Can somebody shout amen? Another reading, everybody, First Corinthians chapter number 1. First Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 17 and 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 17 and 18. For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Can we all read it again? For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. One more reading, everybody, the gospel according to St. John chapter number 5. The gospel according to St. John Chapter number 5, we will read verse number 39 and verse number 40. The Bible says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me. That ye might have life. Can we read verse number 39 from the amplified version? You're welcome to uh, use your gadgets for some of you who have your Bibles on your gadgets. John chapter 5 verse number 39 from the amplified version. The Bible says you search and keep on searching and examining the scriptures 
Because you think that in them you have eternal life. And yet it is those very scriptures that testify about me. Can somebody say amen? Lend me a few minutes of your time. I will be discussing from the subject the power of the cross. Somebody said the power of the cross. I can't hear you all. Everybody said the power of the cross. Can we your prayer? Father, we give you praise. All the glory, all the honor. We ascribe it all unto your matchless name. You are God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you and we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. My God, appreciating your name for bringing us again into your house to worship you. For you have gathered us from all nations and all tribes and all kindreds of the earth to come under one God, one faith, one Lord, even one Father of all creation. To worship your name that we may be acquainted unto you that we may know eternal life. Thank you for redeeming us from the curse of the law and pointing us unto the message of the cross of Jesus Christ wherein we have salvation. Blessed be your name. Now I beseech you. Send down your Holy Spirit. Let him reign among us and upon us now. My God that he may open the eyes of our understanding and the ears of our spirit man. Even as you teach us this your word that we shall grasp the riches of the revelation there by that are flowing from the mouth of thy servant. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you glorify your name and the name of your son Jesus Christ and magnify the Holy Spirit. Let him take full preeminence in this place. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. You may take your seats in heavenly places. Ladies and gentlemen, Looking from the discussions of scripture, I recall a few things written out of the word of God. The Bible speaks about the Bible being composed of two major sections as we all know or have been acquainted with that kind of discussion, if you will, which is the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant is composed of the law and the prophets. The law being written by a man of God, a servant of God, Moses by name, who Moses searched the depths of the presence of God. And as he abode on the mountain Sinai, the Lord happened to speak unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his own friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Moses comes down from the mountain with a revelation of the history of the Bible. And wherefore he writes the first five books of the entire Bible, which we call in theology the Torah or the Pentateuch, if you will. The Torah composing of the book of Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, if you will. And then we see the judges coming in. We see the prophets coming in. And then Jesus Christ is born. And he says, think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy the law of the prophets. And nothing shall be taken out of the law of the prophets. Not even one jot or one tittle. 
shall be taken out of the law until all has been fulfilled. Why was he talking about one jot or one tittle, if you will? Those are punctuation marks in that language within which they were using. And uh, it is more like a period or a full stop or a comma. That not even a comma or a semicolon or a full stop or a period shall be taken out of the law until all has been fulfilled. Nobody was found worthy to fulfill the law or the prophets from uh, Moses prophesied and all the Lord gave their uh, diligence and their ethics and their writings but nobody was found worthy to fulfill all the law until the son of God cometh Jesus Christ alone was the only one found worthy to fulfill the law and him fulfilling the law ladies and gentlemen was he able to go to the cross at Calvary and, get, and then be crucified. The Bible says they led him to a place which is called Golgotha. Or, or a, uh, in another language it is called the skull. And there they crucified him. When Jesus was crucified, this ends the old covenant. That's why he says a new covenant give I unto thee. Which is my body and my blood. Wherefore the sacrificial things we used to do back in the days of uh, sacrificing pigeons and uh, doves and animals. Maybe gods or having a scapegoat or a sheep or a cow. Those were done and were with. And the Lord your God, my Savior, your King and my Lord became the ultimate sacrifice. Hallelujah. After fulfilling all of that. Then a new era has been introduced, which is the new covenant. And the new covenant, ladies and gentlemen, does not begin with anything else. But it begins with uh, uh, a man of God whose name is called John the Baptist. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 1, verse number 1 through verse number 3. The Bible says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. As it is written in the law or in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before you. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ does not begin with the son of man Jesus Christ coming in the bosom of the Father. It begins with John, the forerunner, the preparer of the way of the Messiah. Hallelujah. Likewise, your ministry as well doesn't begin with you. It begins with your predecessors who went before you. This is why we are we ought to be able to honor men and women of God who go before us and prepare the way for us. Hallelujah. That had they not gone before us, maybe there would be no David Konova. Had not had it not been for Elijah or Jeremiah or the gospel being delivered unto us there will be no you and I I will remind you the, uh, the epistle of Jude uh, chapter 1 verse number 3 and verse number 4 the Bible says that uh, there are some men of Krypton unawares so now let us honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto us. Jude chapter 1 verse number 3 and verse number 4 very quickly. The Bible says that our beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should do what everybody you should honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered 
unto the saints. This faith was delivered unto you. You didn't become born again or saved of your own accord. This faith was delivered unto you. And along the way, this faith has been diluted and watered down by maybe false prophets and false apostles. But the Bible says we should honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto us. The faith that was delivered unto us, I believe, came from men of God like Elijah, like Moses, like Samuel. These are men who used to believe in fasting and prayer and that without God, hallelujah, nothing shall be able to work in our life. So when men come down and uh, they begin to water down the gospel and they say, you don't have to fast. After all, you're, uh, you're living in the era of the grace. The Bible says, even if it be an angel preaching any other gospel that we have already preached, let them be accursed. Uh, contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This faith was delivered unto you and I from the forefathers, hallelujah, and they labored tremendously. They labored for the work of God. Elijah was a man who spent nights and seasons of days in the mountains calling upon the name of the living God. I will remind you, people like Samuel, Samuel never used to go into any kind of battle, but when there was warfare, Samuel would go back into the presence of God and call upon the name of the living God. This was a kind of faith which was delivered unto you and I. Can somebody shout, contend for the faith? Somebody shall contend for the faith. This is a kind of faith that you and I believe in that was delivered unto us. And the Bible says, contend for the things, the faith which was once delivered, passed down unto you. Likewise, as I was saying, that John the Baptist is the beginning of the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The beginning of the gospel begins with the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Michelle, help me adjust the uh, the uh, the thermostat, please, if you will. It is so hot in here. Hallelujah. We, we gotta get a little cooled up in the presence of God. Can somebody shout amen? Mm, I can't hear you. Can somebody shout amen? Somebody shout Hallelujah. The faith was once delivered unto us. What was delivered unto you? What was delivered unto you? There was a kind of faith that was delivered unto us. Likewise, Jesus says that uh, uh, he comes to the river Jordan and the Bible says uh, he was about to be baptized. But as he's coming unto John, ladies and gentlemen, John forbade him and say, no, uh, don't, you be don't you get baptized by me. For you are the one upon whom I have been waiting and uh, I need to be baptized of you and thou comest unto me. Listen to what the Lord says. Allow it or permit it to fulfill all righteousness. That means John delivered something unto Jesus and the Bible says, uh, I believe it is uh, Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. Can somebody help me? Luke 3 21, the Bible says, and uh, it came to pass as Jesus also was getting baptized in the river Jordan and while he was praying the heavens were opened. When all the people uh, were baptized, it came to pass Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. What am I talking about? Had John not baptized Jesus, his heavens never would have been 
Hallelujah. It is so expedient for us to know who went before you, who is the forerunner or the predecessor who went before you. It is crucial. Hallelujah. As some of us have had men and women of God who went before us, but actually they shared our heavens. I pray your heavens will be open this day today. Can somebody shout hallelujah? I said, I pray your heavens will be Oh, open today. I'm praying for open heavens over your home, over your finances, uh, your marital heavens. May they be opened. Uh, the heavens of your ministry, the heavens of your destiny, may they be opened. Uh, can somebody shout amen? We are standing in a season that God is about to split the heavens open and uh, people are about to walk in the glory, the unprecedented glory of the living God. Hallelujah. Because the heavens are about to be opened. The book of Ezekiel chapter 1 verse number 1 talks about Ezekiel. Now the prophet, the son of Buzai, as he was by the river Kiba, the Bible says and as was sitting there, the heavens were opened and he saw visions of God Almighty. Hallelujah. As some of us, our prophetic eyes have been shut down because our heavens are closed. And uh, some of us, we're still single with our single selves because our heavens are closed. As some of us, we're ostracized and bound in rejection. We are not increasing because our heavens are opened. I mean, are shut down. May God open your heavens this day today that you shall walk under open heavens. Uh, let me speak about it, brother called Wilson. He's about to walk down the aisle because his heavens were tell somebody may God open your heavens. I'm praying for you that the Lord is going to open your heavens in this season that you are standing in. May your heavens be opened. May your heavens be opened. May your heavens be opened in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. John baptizes Jesus in the river Jordan. Hallelujah. When your turn has come, ladies and gentlemen, your moment has come and your opportunity has come and your season has come. Hallelujah. Can't nobody be able to snatch your season away from you. This is your time and this is your season for you to walk in the open heavens. The Bible says when all the people were done getting baptized, it came to pass also that Jesus Christ's son of the living God came to be baptized when everybody had got, had had a job and uh, had walked down the aisle and had begun ministry. Your turn is also coming. Uh, can I preach this word? It came to pass when everybody else was done getting baptized. Your turn is coming and uh, you're about to get baptized into glory. To be baptized into a new anointing. Uh, to be baptized under open heavens. Uh, to be baptized under a new grace. Under a new mantle. Under a new anointing of the spirit of the living God. If I'm talking to you, somebody shout, yes, you're talking to me. Lord have mercy and the heavens of our God have been locked down, hallelujah. But the master, think about it for 30 long years. This is the son of God. He's walking under closed heavens. 30 long years, the son of the living God, brother Mark, think about it. Jesus Christ has come down from heaven, but for 30 years his heavens are shut down until he submits under authority. Oh God have mercy until you submit under authority when he submitted under authority and he said allow it to fulfill all righteousness then his heavens were 
Somebody shout amen. Come and preach with me. Slap somebody on the side. Tell them I'm prophesying over your life. That this day your heavens are going to open. I don't care who shut down your heavens. I don't care if it was the curses of your mama or your grandfather. Hallelujah. Or from the background you come out of because you refuse to do sorcery and witchcraft. Nobody can shut down your heavens. When God opens up a door, nobody shall be able to shut your doors before your face. May God open double doors before you. I saw before you a double door that nobody shall be able to shut. Hallelujah. And when God closes some doors, nobody no witch, no sorcerer can reopen the doors of your past because you're going into your future and into your destiny. Somebody shop my future, here I come. Somebody shop my destiny, here I come. Ladies and gentlemen, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was baptized in the river uh, Jordan. There's a scripture I love. I believe it is uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number... Uh, we shall go there. I think it's verse number 3 and verse number 4. Very quickly, by the grace of God Almighty. Ah, uh, yes. Now listen to verse number... Let's begin from verse number one. First Corinthians ten, from verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I would not, uh, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse number three, everybody. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? And verse number four. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. But verse number two is what? I'm trying to focus on ladies and gentlemen. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. When they were baptized unto Moses, this is a time we call Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. But as we are getting baptized unto Moses, Moses had a revelation of the Son of God already walking with him. And as Israel was under the anointing of Moses, the Bible says they drank and ate of the spiritual rock which did follow them and that rock was Jesus Christ. This is why also when the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, go speak to the rock and the rock shall give you water. Hallelujah. Moses was angry. The Bible says he smote the rock. Who was he smiting? He was smiting the son of God and the Bible says because he smote my son. Hallelujah. Because you've abused the ministry of my son Jesus Christ. You're not going to get into the promised land hallelujah and as much as the waters were able to come out of the rock yet Moses was not able to get into the promised land that shall be a revelation for another day uh, can somebody shout amen Hallelujah. But they were baptized into Moses. As they were baptized into Moses, think about it. Moses for 40 long years was able to lead Israel. Israel, the Bible says, they never had a Walmart or TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Hallelujah. Or Macy's or Lord and Taylor. Hallelujah. Or Bloomingdale. Amen. Hallelujah. All they had was the anointing of Moses. And for 40 years, they 
their clothes grew along with them and their shoes grew along with them because we were baptized. Oh Lord, I wish I could preach about that. Think about the kind of anointing Moses had. An anointing that causes men to grow along with their shoes and to grow along with their sandals and to grow along with their jackets. Hallelujah. And their mantles were not torn. Their garments were not torn. Hallelujah. Because, oh Lord, it is crucial what kind of anointing it is that you submit under. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. And because you are in rivers of life, ladies and gentlemen, there shall be none feeble among you. You're going to grow with the blessing of God on your life. You're going to go get into your destiny with the power of God over your life. Can I preach this word? Ah, yes, they got baptized into Moses and uh, uh, under that anointing, that anointing sustained them for 40 long years. The same anointing was able to bring quails uh, from the middle of nowhere and manna down from heaven. I mean, this man was anointed. This his anointing that he had was able to build houses for the Israelites and uh, when the armies of the Amalekites and the, and the heathen nations came against the people of the living the anointing of Moses was able to preserve the Israelites from calamity and premature death. Ah, can somebody shout amen? amen? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ wherefore becomes the introduction of the new covenant. And the Bible says in the new covenant we have the epistles and we also have the gospels. The gospels, of course, we all know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the epistles, of course, we all know these are the rest of the 23 books of the Bible of the New Testament, of which we have Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, hallelujah, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians. Can I go on? <laughs> God is a good God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now I can't hear you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So in the new covenant we have the gospels and we have the epistles. So Jesus puts an end to all sacrifices that were done. The shedding of blood and he became the ultimate sacrifice. Wherefore that whosoever shall believe in the son of the living God ladies and gentlemen. You no longer have to go to Mama Fina to sacrifice a goat or to Majumoto to sacrifice a cow or to to sacrifice a chicken, hallelujah. All you have to do is surrender unto Jesus Christ, the Lord and shepherd over your life and your soul, and your life shall be eternally saved. Hallelujah. John 3 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the whole world that He did what, everybody? Now I can't hear that He did what? But whosoever shall not, but shall have. Everybody, this should be written on the tables of your heart. We knew this scripture as even before Sunday school. Amen. There are some scriptures which should be written on your heart. Psalm 91 ought to be on your heart. Psalm 23 ought to be on your heart. Psalm 46 ought to be on your heart. I don't know if I came to the right place today. 
Hallelujah. Isaiah 54 has got to be written on the tables of your heart. Isaiah 62 has got to be written on the tables of your heart. These are things you've got to know by heart. Hallelujah. Because you are a child of the living God. There are some things you've got to know written on the tables of your heart. There's a song which says, this is my song. This is my story. I've made the Bible my song and my story. Wherefore, the Bible says, my son, despise not my law. Write them upon the tables of your heart. Bind them upon yourself. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Uh, a, a little while ago, Pastor Bella gave, a, uh, gave an example of uh, how somebody was praying. And, uh, and I think they needed deliverance. And uh, I think in a dream, they had had a dream. And uh, uh, somebody, I think was a witch or, or a relative, was stealing away their uterus or their womb, if you will. And uh, for a long time, they were crying and believing God to give them a baby. And uh, they had no child. And they had no child. And uh, uh, after many, many prayers for a long time... Uh, 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 the person had a dream again and this person suffered again in the dream and uh, uh, the person was saying now give me back my uterus so I can have my children and the person was holding their womb in a dream said uh, based on what scripture based on what scripture should I give you back your womb or your uterus and uh, this person uh, had no idea even how to back themselves up in prayer. Hallelujah. Wherefore, the other person, because uh, they had no uh, backup in prayer, look at how a thief went back in a dream with their uterus until a year later. A whole year worth waiting for a breakthrough of a child. Um, in the meantime, this lady got so serious, began to revise the whole Bible, began to know the whole Bible in and out, that just in cases this so-called devil comes back in the middle of the night I got the word written on the tables of my heart. Lo and behold a whole year later this sorcerer came back in the middle of the night in a dream and uh, that something happened. This time the young lady was ready and the young lady said because of this because it is written, hallelujah and because it is written listen, the witch was able to surrender the uterus of the woman back unto her because it has been recorded the devil is going to give you back your blessing, back your money, back your marriage, back your destiny, back your future, back your mantle, back your anointing, back everything you've been praying for. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if a thief is called, he shall return sevenfold. Men don't despise somebody. Don't despise somebody when he steals to get satisfied. Yet when he is called. Shall he restore sevenfold? Some of you in the next 17 days, you're going to see things being restored back unto you. You're going to capture things being restored back unto you. That which the devil stole away from you. No, no, don't you play games with such a, such a kind of a word being spoken under the anointing of the living God. Yes, the Bible says pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, how do you pursue? Pursue in prayer, pursue in fasting, pursue by the word of God, pursue with scriptures claiming, pursue according to Job 20 verse number 15. 
Amen. Hallelujah. For he has swallowed down riches, but the Bible says that the Lord shall cause him to vomit them out of his belly. Hallelujah. Job 20, verse number 15. For he has swallowed down riches, but he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. What has the devil stolen away from you? Some of you, it is not your money, but some of you, it is your time. Some of you, it is your time. It should be so far away. That's why Ephesians 5.14 has been recorded. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Ephesians 5.14, 15 and 16. Hallelujah. Awake thou that sleepest and Christ shall give you light. Hallelujah. See then verse number 15. That you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse number 16. Redeeming the time, buying back the time, because the days are evil. Redeem your time. Redeem. Think about it. Some of you by now, you should be having nine kids already running around. Nine kids. Shenderebokosaya. So restoration means, hallelujah. Can I speak about the... <laughs> Somebody shout amen. Some of you should be having nine kids already. Playing around, running around, amen. Apostles and uh, bishops and engineers and aspiring presidents. Somebody say he's doctors. God is an awesome God, Amen. Mm, I, I can't hear you. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Ah. But the devil has stolen your time. The power of restoration. Listen, Joel chapter 2 verse number 25. The Bible says, and I shall restore unto you all the years. The Bible says all the years. When the Bible says all the years, he's talking about the time. You've lost all the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. The Lord says, I'm going to restore unto you the years that old boyfriend wasted. Some of you, some men wasted your life, your years, and some women wasted your time. Hallelujah. You gave that man nine years in a, in a relationship. The devil is a liar. When God restores you, what it means is restoration doesn't mean, hallelujah, where you put a pause. Restoration means in five years ago, you were supposed to be here. And ten years later, you're not there yet. When God restores you, he will take back from the five years years you lost and give it all unto you in the same day now you didn't get what I said so don't get surprised ladies and gentlemen when you see people walking like this there's a baby here and a baby here and a baby here I'm simply trying to catch up with time oh you didn't get what I said because the kids you should have had when you were 25 and uh, 26 and 27 are all gonna come when you That is what I call the power of restoration. Somebody shout the power of restoration. When God restores you, he doesn't go. But listen, Joel 2.23, what does it say? Joel 2.23, everybody. Two, be glad, everybody. I can't hear you. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you what? The former rain. 
the former blessings, the former children, the former business opportunities, and the latter, uh, the former rain moderately, and it will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, uh, and the latter rain in what? You didn't get what I said. I said in the first month, think about the kids. Brother Jimmy, you should have had 10 years ago. I'm prophesying now. Hallelujah. I'm prophesying now. When restoration comes back to you. My God, don't be surprised when people just begin to swell up with blessings and they walk like they're in a traffic jam of miracles, a traffic jam of money, a traffic jam of business opportunities and uh, blessings, good measure, pressed down, shaken, together and running over. Somebody shout hallelujah. Restoration is coming back to you. I said restoration is coming back to you in the name of Jesus. Rivers of life. You should be having 10,000 members in your church. Restoration is coming back to you in the name of Jesus, the son of the living God. Somebody shout, I believe it. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Tell somebody, maybe I don't know about you, but I believe it. And I receive it. No, 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 wrong neighbor. Some of you are sitting next to tablets and uh, tell them, neighbor, I don't know about you, neighbor, but I believe it. And I receive it. I'm taking back my restoration. Because once a thief has been caught, he shall restore sevenfold. <laughs> and the last time I checked, the thief is not your neighbor. The thief is not your, your grandfather. Hallelujah. John 10.10, 10, the thief is who? Hallelujah. John 10.10, 10, the thief is who? The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more. Listen, more abundantly. Blessings abundantly. Money more abundantly. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Maybe this is just for me. Because I believe God is bringing restoration to us. A time is going to come. You're going to beg me to give you a job. A, a time is coming, you're going to beg me to give you a job, to employ you. A time is coming, you're going to beg me to carry my Bible. Now nobody carries my Bible. Shatakaya <laughs> manderekataya. When we were in Uganda, Pastor Bella received a prophecy from her spiritual daddy. And they say the time is coming and people are going to begin fighting to carry your Brag. And as they are carrying your bag, they shall be getting slain under the parakataya of the living God. Mm, that is going to happen to you. The people shall beg to sit next to you. Right now, nobody wants to sit next to you. Hallelujah. But people shall beg to sit next to you. People shall beg, can I give you a ride? People shall beg you, can you come and preach in our church? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Restoration is coming back to you. I said restoration. I don't know who's what this is for, but I hear the word restoration. I hear the word restoration and I speak it over your life in Jesus' name. My God, my God, my God. To those who received it, may it happen unto you according to the faith with which you believed in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a situation in the scriptures and uh, uh, something has been written about our Savior, the Son of the living God. The very first prophecy we see about Jesus was in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15. And the Bible says, uh, hallelujah, that I shall put enmity between the woman and between the serpent and between the seed of the woman and between the seed of the serpent. And it shall come to pass that the seed of the woman shall do what? Crush or shall bruise the head of the serpent, and the seed of the serpent shall bruise the heel. The Bible gave the devil the power to, to, to bruise your heel. That means the devil can crush you, but you're not cast down. He may take away your money, but it's not going to take away your life. Hallelujah. But the Lord gave you power over his head that you may crush and you kill. I said that you may crush the sorcerer and crush the witch and crush the warlock and crush the wizard. And they shall die once and for all. Because thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Somebody shout hallelujah. Prophecy has gone before Jesus. Way before Jesus has been born. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, also John the Revelator reminds us in the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse number 8. And it says that all of them which dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life slain before the foundations of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. God Almighty slew his son Jesus Christ in his heart. Hallelujah. God knew that you would sin. Wherefore God gave him as a sacrifice. Hallelujah. And God, everything we see happening here is simply a manifestation of what happened a long, long time ago. Oh yes. What happens on the cross at Calvary is simply a manifestation of what happened way back in the days. This is why the Bible, that the same scripture you and I read, that the day he was crucified, the graves were opened that the people who never had a chance or an opportunity oh you didn't that, that shall be for another day that shall be for another day hallelujah who never had a chance or an opportunity to hear the gospel of jesus christ the bible says the graves were opened hallelujah and they came marching out of the grave some of them had been dead for 10 years and uh, 20 years and suddenly think about your great great grandmama walking out of the grave into your living room Oh, Shandy, I can run for my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I think about you living, sitting in your living room, sipping a cup of tea with your kids, and suddenly, shake <laughs> it. God Almighty, I don't know about you, but I'm going to run. I'm going to run. Amen. Somebody dead 40 years ago, 60 years ago. And the Bible says they visited their relatives. They visited their relatives. They came to their relatives. My sister, they came to their relatives. They came to you. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Mm. Then they said, I need breakfast. I, I, I need lunch. You're quiet. I, I, I need a meal right here. Ah. Oh, Lord have mercy. That is the day you see me. That is the last day you see me at that address. Because I'm not coming back. Oh. <laughs> now think about it. The disciples are, are, are with their Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord comes walking on the water. And, and they say, he's a ghost. Now how much more somebody who died a hundred years ago. Walking in your living room, elder. <laughs> oh, Shandy. Hallelujah. My God, that is a day. You, I don't care if I bought that house yesterday. I'm not coming back to that home. <laughs> You're welcome to stay if you want. Michelle can stay there by herself, but I'm not coming back. Hmm? Blood of Jesus. <laughs> now, but, 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 but for real. Now, for real, think about it. Think this is reality. Jesus dies. He's been hung upon the cross. And the Bible says, when he gave up the ghost, the rocks were shaken. The temple curtain was torn. All the veil was torn apart. The sun refused to shine for a space of about uh, six to nine hours. When the rocks were shaken, graves were broken open, and people that had been dead for years. All right. Now, maybe in retrospect, bring that to the present day right now. Okay. There are cemeteries right, right, right around about this entire area. Think about people coming to fill this sanctuary. And they were dead. Some of them went to the Jerusalem temple. If I'm the preacher, Lord have mercy. I'm not staying. The <laughs> there was a time a preacher was relating and uh, he spoke about a witch who had been warning him, leave our city. Oh, you're going to die. And the preacher said, you leave or you shall die. And the witch warned the preacher for a long time until about three months later. The witch came one day in the middle of a lunch hour service in the middle of Kampala in a hotel, packed lunch hour is going on, and uh, a witch comes with a, a bag, a sack, those African sacks, brown, huge and heavy, and he looks at the preacher on the stage. I told you to leave my city alone, and you refuse. This day, you're going to die. And the witch let down the bag, Behold, a cobra came out, black, long, with the head lifted up. Lord have mercy, everybody, Shandy. The rupture happened that very day. Hallelujah. By the time the preacher realized he was the only one left in the sanctuary. You know, amazingly, what, what do we call that? A, a flight and what? Flight and fight, right? Flight and fight. Some adrenaline kicks in. People can pass through walls. I don't know what happens within that hour. But suddenly, you just don't see nobody around you. It has happened to me before. Huh? I'm not going to get into that for today. But I found myself leaping over a six-foot wall. Simply because I heard something crawling in the bushes and I was thinking it is a snake. So that adrenaline kicks in and before you know it, you're in the living room. And you're like, how did I get here? How? I don't know. So, 
Suddenly, the elders have vanished. The ashes are gone. Everybody is gone. And the preacher is on the stage by himself with a witch. In the meantime, the serpent is coming. Some, demon, some snakes are <laughs> demon-possessed. The serpent goes nowhere but straight to the pulpit for the, for the preacher. Thank God for the spirit of boldness. The preacher looked at the serpent coming. He said, I tell you, I was actually scared. But he said that I, I looked at the thing and I said, in the name of Jesus, die. And the serpent, he saw the serpent coiling itself like this. And bam, and died. Suddenly, everybody who had disappeared began to reappear. But that hour, the witch came and picked up his dead snake and walked out. Think about it. Now, I'm talking about a witch whom you bind and pray against and say, die by fire, and then walks in a sanctuary. Everybody vanishes. But now, how much more somebody who died a hundred years ago? And their grave has been... Okay, okay not, not for real. Think about it. The Bible says, alas, which means pause and critically analyze that. Sila. Uh, yeah, Sila, thank you. That's what I meant. Sila. Hallelujah. Because Alice means how terrible. But Sila, pause and critically think on that and analyze on that. That uh, now, <laughs> somebody called that name and that name maybe Kunobwa, Kunobwa. Ah! <laughs> From five generations backward walks in. Okay. Hallelujah. What would you do? To the upper room and pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reality of life kicked in. I'm talking about the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says an hour came and uh, they crucified our Lord. Listen to the first thing they did. They stripped Jesus naked. And he was carrying a cross, by the way. Some movies have become very deceptive because of, uh, because of a PG, whatever, and a P, all of that. Hallelujah. For the sake of the viewers, they portray Jesus as though he was actually wrapped with a towel around his private areas. But if you read your Bibles pretty well and the history of the Bible, which is not in the Bible, you'll understand that the Lord was actually naked as he was born. They took away his garment, his robe and then made him carry a cross on a naked body. This is the price he paid for you and I. This is the price our Lord gave. Hallelujah. No wonder, hallelujah, the Bible says you've been redeemed and bought with the price, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. My God, he had the power to run away, but the Lord stood still. After having been whooped, they tore his body, and he has wounds on his body. They put a crown of thorns in his head. Hallelujah. My God, and now the Lord is carrying a cross with wounds on his back. He's carrying the cross and he's naked in the meantime. This is a suffering. Your Lord and my God had to go through for your sins that you may not die. The Bible says Galatians chapter 3 verse number 13. Hallelujah. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. As it is written everybody being made a curse for us. For it is written cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. So he hangeth on a tree naked. In broad daylight. 
in broad daylight. Now, as a preacher, allow me to say this. When we continue in sin, let's first think about Jesus naked on the cross. When we continue in sin, that's why the Bible says Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 4. Everybody go there quickly. Hebrews 6, verse number 4. Very quickly, very quickly, very quickly. For it is impossible for those who are, everybody, once enlightened and have tested of their heavenly gift, were made partakers of their Holy Ghost. Everybody, I can hear you. And have tested the good word of God and the powers of the world or the yet to come. If they fall away, come on, read on. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, since they crucify, they, they take Jesus who is on his throne and bring him naked again. And say, Lord, die for my sins again. Because, Lord, it is me and I did it again. Now, Lord, come and die again. The Bible says it is impossible since you're crucifying the Son of God again. It is impossible. There are some things for people who have departed from the faith. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance. If you sell your soul to the devil, that is it. No coming back. Maybe I'm talking to somebody watching online and maybe you're a preacher and you sold your soul to the devil a long time ago. For what? By the For what? Think about it. For money? For a land cruiser? Think about it. Which shall crash in a car accident the following day and then shall take your life along with it. Maybe for a Lexus, maybe for a bigger business and money. Think, is it worth your life? It is impossible once God has anointed you when you fall away. The Bible says how the mighty are fallen. Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. There are many men of God, you're watching me. You are once anointed with oil, but you fell a long time ago. And you're going to die as though you had not been anointed with oil. And the Bible says it is impossible to renew you again and to repentance. And here you are, still lying, doing lying wonders, uh, uh, initiating innocent souls into Satanism because you sold your life a long time ago and go on to the devil. The devil is a liar. We call our generation back from sorcery and witchcraft. We call our sons and daughters back from the yoke out. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout hallelujah. It is impossible if they shall fall away. Mark chapter 8, verse number 36 and 37. The Bible says, what shall what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Verse number 37. What can you give in exchange? Can you exchange a brand new Mercedes for your soul? Some people have already done that. Can you exchange a church that sits 20,000 members for your soul? Yet all those souls are going to hell with you? Can you exchange your soul for a prophetic gift, divination from the satanic source? People prophesy from the satanic realm. Can you exchange your soul for that? It is impossible. Hallelujah. What can you give in exchange for 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the power of the cross of Jesus. This is the Lord our God. He has died. Hallelujah. The first thing they did unto your God and my Lord, the same God who had the power to create the heavens and destroy the heavens all at once. Hallelujah. And the earth and all things are that are in them. The Bible says they took away his robe and they put a cross on him. I want you to back up to Matthew 27, everybody. Matthew 27, very quickly. Matthew 27, very quickly, everybody. See, many times we speak about the power of the cross and uh, the passion of the Christ and the sufferings of Jesus. But we don't know what exactly it is that we are talking about. You know, let alone the crucifixion and the piercings on the sides. But uh, I'm just now concentrating on Jesus walking naked. Before he was healing the sick, raising the dead, doing miracle signs and wonders. But now he's being put to an open shame, walking naked as he was born, as he came out of his mother's womb. Matthew 27. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you gave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number 31, Matthew 27. Verse number 31. Everybody, I can't hear you. And after that, after that, they had mocked him, they took the rub off. Uh-huh. And put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of where? Cyrene, Simon by name. Hallelujah. Everybody read on. And they uh-huh. Now listen, everybody. The Romans invented this criteria of the crucifixion as a means of public intimidation. That if by any means you want to revolt and take over their government, they'll make a public example out of you. They'll make you carry your own cross. And then as you're carrying your cross, they'll lead you to a hill and publicly crucify you. So others will learn from you that they should never do that as well. Hallelujah. And according to Roman history, they would never crucify anybody with their clothes on their body. Read it and study your history pretty well. They would never crucify anybody with their clothes on them. They strip you naked. Whether your mama or your daddy or your kids are watching, they crucify you as you're watching naked. Hallelujah. They use this as a means to pull, to instill fear and great intimidation in the people of the Jewish nation. Because the Jews were looking for a means of uh, coming out of the Roman oppression. How shall we come out of the Roman oppression? How shall we be revived? So the Romans found a way. To curb this desire once and for all. That if I bring you on this stage, hallelujah. Uh, let me use the gentleman here for a demonstration. Any gentleman? Thank you, thank you, thank you. That if I, uh, I've been hearing by the things uh, that you want to revolt and you want to take over the government. You want to commit treason. So what we're going to do is, uh, number one, we are going to take you away from your family. As your wife and children are watching. We are going to bring you over here while crowds are following. Your cousins are watching. Your sisters are watching. Your brothers, everybody is watching. Hallelujah. And then we are going to strip you naked from head to toe. Make you carry 
carry your cross. So somebody from your family shall not do the same mistake. Hallelujah. And then they will take you. Spread up your arms. Hallelujah. They nail your arms. Naked from head to toe. Hallelujah. Then they'll pierce nails in your legs. So you cannot come off of the cross. Are you following me everybody? Are you following? The Bible says after that. They will come and take a hammer and break your legs. Uh-huh. The, by the way, they will do this while you're still alive. They'll break your legs. So you feel the pain. Then they put, some of them they'll put a crown of thorns. Others pierce you wherever. Others do every kind of mockery to make sure this never happens again. You become a public example. That's why they made, they, they made an inscription. The king of the Jews. That make a mistake. You want to look like the king of the Jews? This shall happen to you. So they broke the legs of the thief on this side. Remember? And they broke the legs of the thief on the other side. But according to the law, if you had died, they would not break your legs. That's why Jesus gave up the ghost quickly. The Bible doesn't say he died. The Bible says he gave up. He released. Now, I just lost a lot of you right there. Hallelujah. So that means I'm standing right here. And I can choose to give up my ghost. By the time you come to break my legs, I'm not there. That's why prophecy had said that not one of his bones shall be broken. So he realized these guys are coming. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. He notices they're coming. They, they have hammers about to break everybody's legs. They broke the thief. Pam! Oh, God. Oh, they, what do you call this? Is it the, the, uh, the, the tibia, the fibula? What do you call it? Two bones there. Okay, whatever. So they broke the legs right here, right? The thief on the other side, they broke the legs as well. They come to Jesus. But because he had died, what happens is they could not break his legs. You see, you're standing here, no nails are in your, but you're already tired. Now imagine if you had been naked, hang upon a cross, and you can't come off of it. In the meantime, the other little girl you had in uh, Form 4 is watching. Hallelujah. So, look at what the devil would do. When I'm talking about the power of the cross, the Bible talks about a living sacrifice. There are so many sacrifices the Bible talks about. But, what a, <laughs> but there is what we call a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is when they literally give you as, a, as an offering or as a sacrifice before they kill you. Are you getting me? So but whether they are burning you, guess what? You feel the pain of the fire from your feet to your head, literally burning you. Hallelujah. So Jesus was a living sacrifice that he had to feel every ounce of pain 
Oh God, there are people who have died because of pain. The pain became so excruciating, especially in CIA interrogations. Some people died because, oh. Then you're like, how did you get to know all of that? If I told you I was part of the FBI and the CIA, would you believe that? Relax, chill out, relax. I'm just preaching, amen. Chill, relax. Oh, my papers. Relax. If I were to get you, I would have got you a long time ago. That's why I talk about the enemy within. You can learn to blend in without your enemies realizing. Oh, okay. So, now, a living sacrifice, they make sure you feel every ounce of the pain. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 27 and verse number 26 talks about a prophet called Elisha in the whole of uh, 2 Kings chapter number 3. But you come to chapter, verse number 26 and 27, Elisha prophesied that Israel shall win the battle. But now the king of Moab, listen to this everybody, when the king of Moab saw that the battle was, so for, was too sore for him, what did he do? He took... With him seven, now he has been having an army, an entire army, 30,000 soldiers, armies of men, and armies of men could not defeat the Israelite army because Elisha had given a prophecy that thus saith the Lord, you shall see no rain, you shall see no wind, you shall hear no winds, you shall see nothing, yet the valleys and the paddles shall be full of water. My God, Elisha gave a prophecy and Israel is winning in the battle. Stretch your hands, Jesus. <laughs> we are about to crucify you. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So listen to what happens, everybody. Now the king of Moab, 30,000 men have failed. So he takes the 700 that if I bring out this reserve, I've got to win this battle. By your means, the battle has got to go in my favor. But the 700 men who drew swords, these were warriors. These were valiant men. They could not break through the Israelite army because the anointing of Elisha was blocking the armies of Moab. You didn't get what I said. I said the anointing of Elisha was blocking the armies of Moab. So listen. Listen, everybody. Verse number 27. When he saw that he could not break through, what did he do? He took his eldest son, who should have reigned in his stead, offered him for a brand, tied the boy to the altar. He didn't kill the boy first. He tied him to the altar. The boy is screaming, Daddy, spare my life. And the dad is like, you know what? This sacrifice has got to go so we can receive victory as a nation of Moab. The power of a sacrifice. This was a living sacrifice. Remember in your Bibles when the Lord said, don't you bring an animal with blemishes, with a, with a blind eye or a deaf ear or it has a broken leg. Make sure you take the best of the best so you feel the pain. Some of you have got to, uh, I've been wondering why we have to spend almost 100 US dollars in Mukono. Hallelujah. For the, uh, for the what do you call it? The Higher Life Leadership Summit. 
God was taking a sacrifice from rivers of life to break the power of sorcery and witchcraft over the region of Mukono and Uganda at large. This is why you felt the pain. Oh, you have no idea. Personally, I spent over $30,000 of my own money. Up to now, I'm still thinking, Lord, how did that happen? Hallelujah. You've got to feel the pain when God is launching you to a new destiny, when God is opening doors that nobody can walk in. You've got to feel the pain of the sacrifice and the boy has been tied to the altar and is crying, Daddy, my life. And the dad is like, your honey, your life for Moab. The boy was burned. He felt the fire in his legs, in his toes, on his skin. And the fire ripped off his skin. The fire burned off his hair. And the fire ripped out, broke off his arms and legs. Listen to what everybody, listen to that. He took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead. And offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. What happens in the next line? 30,000 soldiers couldn't do it. 700 mighty valiant men could not do it. But a sacrifice did it. He didn't have to bring any other soldier to fight on the ground. He brought his firstborn son. Suddenly, Israel falls into chaos and confusion. They wonder what is going on. They begin to fight themselves. Oh, you didn't get what I said. So, I wish I could speak this in a better way. You, you wonder what is going on. Things have just gone already. Gone the opposite. Jesus, raise your hands. Hallelujah. You know, things have suddenly, listen, you've been moving forward and suddenly you wonder what is, nobody is fighting you. But things are just going the opposite direction. You've been well, you've been having a well-paying job, living well with your spouse, hallelujah, having a good business, amen, having opened doors, suddenly doors are shut and uh, you've lost your job and the business has shut down, the marriage is going unglued, you wonder what is going, nobody's fighting you, the sacrifice. So what God did to silence the power of the enemy, he took his son. Jesus, who was to reign in his own stead and offered Jesus as a living sacrifice. That's why Jesus died feeling every pain. When they put a crown of thorns, my sister, he felt that. When they pierced him on the side, he felt that. When they whooped him, he felt that. They mocked him. Sometimes people shall mock you and you shall feel the pain of the mockery. And you know, I got the power to defy the power of death. But uh, the Bible says, I left my body willingly. Do you know why we have a battle in the Garden of Gethsemane? And Jesus is praying for hours and hours and hours. The battle was over his will versus the Father's will. Sometimes God is battling with you over your will. Let go of that man and you won't let go. Let go of that brother you won't let go. Let go of that thing you won't let go. Let go. I know I just spoke to somebody. I know I just spoke to somebody. 
There are some things you've been still holding on to. Hallelujah. What are you still holding on to, by the way? That is sucking the life out of you. It is literally sucking the life out of you. God is saying, let it go so I can use you. And you're still holding on to it. You won't let go. You won't let go. You won't let go. Hallelujah. You won't let go. I had a battle letting go of wrestling. I used to enjoy wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm not afraid to speak about that. Oh, yeah. I, I used to have best wrestlers. Bill Goldberg. Brock Lesnar. Oh, what I'm talking about is real. Some of you, it is your Netflix TV shows. You're stuck on them. You're glued onto them. You won't let go of it. God wants to use you. But as the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, don't you quench the Holy Spirit. I'll pray six hours, then go watch wrestling. I'm serious. Once in a while, I see a cliff running by, and I'm like, Shando, Holy Ghost, help. For real. Anybody like me? And there's some things, <laughs> Brother Arnold. <laughs> it is so hard for me to pass by a TV station and there is wrestling and I don't stand for two minutes. It is so hard. Up to this day. <laughs> you know, to some of you that is natural weakness. It, it is something else. But to me, God of my, I would even, what do you call this uh, uh, Xfinity recording thing, DVR? I would even record them, making sure I don't miss an episode. I can't miss how Bill Goldberg is going to show up and storm the show and, and spear everybody. RKO. Oh. Hey! <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> You sound like you're raising it with me, brother. <laughs> Netflix. Some of us have got to cut our subscriptions. I had to cut my subscriptions to Stars, HBO, Hulu, and everything else except Netflix for the kids. But it, she can tell you, Michelle, a time had come I cut it off too. You just find yourself watching nonsense. For real. <laughs> All right. Hey, somebody say amen. There are some things you're not letting go. The battle Jesus has prays for the whole night. Do you know what time they went to the Garden of Gethsemane? Supper was at 6 p.m. After supper, straightway, they went into the Garden of Gethsemane. What time was he arrested? At 5 a.m. So from 6 p.m. to 5, 11 hours, he's not letting go. Until he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. As soon as it's, it's like the gang of chief priests and Judas was just waiting for him to say, God, sometimes God cannot put you through something you're not willing to let go. If you refuse to let go of it, and he has to force you to let, to let go of it. It will be painful. He can cause you to lose everything. 
for the sake of letting go something you refuse to let go willingly. There is a prayer we used to pray, Lord, mold me. Lord, shape me. Until somebody said, hey, don't you pray that prayer. And I began to like, Lord, give me the power to surrender the things I'm holding on to that are driving your presence out of my life. And little by little, God is so patient with us. He is long-suffering. 2 Peter 3, 8, 9, 9. The Bible says, for God is long-suffering to us, what not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come. Listen to that. For the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long uh-huh. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to ask what? Not willing that you, but he will be patient with you. God can let you continue serving him, yet you're living in sin. For the sake of him saving your soul. Because you have no idea. What we call the presence of God coming down, it is not the presence of God. If the God we talk about came down, who is a consuming fire, came down on this stage, nobody would survive. They would pick up our carcasses from here and go bury us in the, in the, in the cemetery. That's a God I'm talking. So sometimes he, he, all he does is gives you a glimpse. He said unto Moses, I'm not going to go with you for your stiff neck people. If I go with you, I shall consume you in a moment. That means in a glimpse of an eye, I'm going to destroy, including you, Moses. Hallelujah. Do you know what Moses gave up? He forgot to finally say, I'm going to go with you. Do you know what Moses gave up? Do you know what Moses gave up? For God to finally say, you're not ready for this. Moses stood number one on the mountain for 40 days. He came down, broke the tables of stone, went back again for another 40 days. In the, in the next 40 days, there's something he gave up that you don't know, that none of you here knows. For God to say, I'm going to go with you. The question is, what did Moses give up? What did Moses give up? Did he give up his family? Did he give up his own family? I'm simply asking. Because from that point on, nothing is mentioned about the family of Moses. Before that, you hear about Moses, his family, the, the Ethiopian woman, the first woman died and all of that. But from this point on, you never hear about anything to do with that. There's a few other things Moses gave up. What did he give up? That God actually had to say, yes, I'm going to go with you. Not for the sake of Israel. Moses said to God, Lord, if you don't go with us and you refuse, and if you refuse to forgive the, the sin of these people, blot my name out of the book of the living. I would rather go to hell. And God was like, you are part of me. If, you, you know, if I let you go to hell, a part of me is going to hell. 
a part of God was going to go to hell. And God was like, I cannot let a part of me go to hell. For that, Moses gave up his name in the book of life. Which one of you can do that? Moses was like a savior. That's why when Moses died, Israel began to look for his grave for 30 days. They did not move. That's why it had to take the hand of God to bury Moses himself. And God sent Michael the archangel to fight Lucifer. Because Lucifer had caused Israel to search for the grave of Moses so they could worship Moses. Are you following with me? When the Bible says God came down and buried Moses himself, read Jude chapter 1 verse number 9, everybody. Aren't I reading? Jude 1, 9. Jude chapter 1 verse number 9, everybody. I can't hear you. Yet Michael, uh-huh, everybody. Yet Michael the archangel, listen, when contending with the devil, listen, there was a dispute over the body of Moses. There was a dispute. Are you following what I'm saying, my brother? There was a dispute. For 30 days, Israel, what, what Deuteronomy 34 simply says, Israel began to mourn for Moses for 30 days. But the 30 days were mourning for Moses. They were looking for his grave so they could worship the grave of Moses. Listen, God sends the 